listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the unmistakable Caleb Coy. Oh, I like that one. Hi. Yeah. I th- after I gave you a bad <laughs> one a couple episodes ago, I figured it was, uh, I figured I owed you a few good ones. I appreciate that. Thank you. So you're, you're quite to, welcome. I'm trying to get my stool into place because it's very hard to get onto and off of. It's, it's tall, but it's also intentionally wobbly. So I, I assumed now. you'd get your shit together before we start recording, but I guess you not. You would think that. You would, but yeah. no. I guess not, but... Have we, have we met? <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> uh, well, with us today, we have a, a special guest this week. We have Lily from Longneck. Lily, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So Unmistakable you're... is very good. Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I think, what was the one I gave you? Like, I, Unacceptable, I think, was the, yeah. the rough one I gave you a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> I have just like a list that I that I pick from, and I just like kind of randomly like scroll through and go, "Oh, that one's the one this week." And then I was like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh, that wasn't very nice." No. <laughs> <laughs> that made me feel bad. No, I felt bad about it for two weeks now. I felt bad about it. So, That's okay, but but here we are. 
so Lily, you're with us this week because uh, fun special announcement in two weeks on the 24th, you're going to be joining us for a Left of the Dial live session. Yeah. That's right. Our second session ever. Uh, we're very excited to have you for that. Amazing. I'm very excited to be there. So for those of you listening, uh, mark your calendars, 8 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. on the 24th of April. Leftofthedial.live is where you can see that. And uh, we'll, we'll all be there. So we hope you will, too. The gang's all going to be there. Uh, yeah, excellent. Everybody. Um, K- Kitsy, Caleb, um, <laughs> Mr. Fun, uh, ha- a, a good man in a hat um, and the rest. So I love a good man in a hat. Good man. As, in a do, hat. I. As <laughs> do I. <laughs> but Lily, you also put out a record last year. Yeah. Called world's strongest dog, which oh. is, I think now my new favorite album name of all time. That's so good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yes. Almost a year to, the day uh, wow. we put it out on April 10th, and uh, it it was oh boy, it was a lot, uh, <laughs> right? Because uh, we it was supposed to come out on Tiny Engines, and then everything with Tiny Engines happened, mm-hmm. so we left Tiny Engines, and um, we were going to self-release, and in order to do that, we had to buy back our um, physical mm-hmm. records because they had been made already. So, oh, yeah, it was sick. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> we put uh, an Indiegogo campaign together to buy back the album, um, or rather, buy back the physical copies of the album. And um, we hit our goal in like four hours. So we were wow, able, awesome. yeah, it was, it was sick. It was like genuinely shocking and heartwarming. Um, so yeah. And then the rest, we kind of just like did on our own and here we are one year in pandemic later <laughs> and everyone is thriving. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear everyone's thriving and it's, it hasn't affected anyone negatively in any way whatsoever. Oh yeah, no, I, every, everything is fine. Nothing is bad. And like... <laughs> Honestly, I don't see what the big deal is. I'm I'm totally kidding. I know what the big deal is. <laughs> but I will say, like, I started working at a grocery store right before the pandemic hit. So mm. I would I would love to stay home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds yeah, like I can't a say dream. I blame you there. <laughs> the the definition of essential. And <laughs> it's it you know what? The moment everyone like people would start clapping. It was like the minute I was like, "All right, guys, just stop it." <laughs> I yeah. got very cynical very quickly. That's understandable. Like, do you think maybe instead of clapping, like we could pay a living wage? Yeah, I think we could try that maybe. Yeah, like a living wage or like better health benefits or I don't know, uh, taking the pandemic seriously in the workplace. I don't yeah. know, just some uh, suggestions. Yeah. yeah, little things like maybe not have people in your face yelling because they don't they don't want to follow the rules. Exactly. I don't know if that happened to you specifically, but it has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I figured it probably <laughs> did, but like you know, it's like what the hell, people? Like even like even take the the pandemic out of the equation. Like don't be shitty. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like genuinely easy not to be a terrible person. Yeah, like just, it's really just don't the bar's it. not that high. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so low, folks. The bar is almost ground level. So just do your best. Uh so getting back to your record, yes. the world's strongest dog. Uh we heard the opening track off of that record, Campfire, coming into the podcast. The whole album it's itself is about kind of like taking ownership of yourself and um, that transitional period between like being uh, an adolescent or like a, what still feels like a kid to being uh, more of an adult and that kind of, those kind of growing pains. Um, so Campfire was written uh, at a time when I was like really feeling uh Sh- like shitty about myself and just like oh, I live at home and like I work for my parents and just like I don't feel like I am like a real person yet like I, right now I am 25 and I am just I feel like a loser um and then I tried to like change that narrative around to be like well okay I can feel all that but like how am I gonna change it and how am I going to enact that change for myself? Um, so that kind of those lines where it's like, I could be a leech, I could be a termite. And like being that kind of like parasitic being that's kind of uh, just sucking out all the like the food at your parents' house or just like taking up space. And then just being like, I just want to, I literally just like want to have my own home. I want to build my own like campfire and eat my own food and just like I gotta get out of this slump um so yeah that's that's kind of a campfire in a nutshell um and I wrote it while working at my dad's store uh on the clock so I'm sorry dad (laughs) 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 some of the the best songwriting happens on someone else's dime in my opinion that's right yeah (laughs) you know sometimes it's the only way to get it done yeah i mean if you don't do it in the moment like it could it could leave you right Mm -hmm. absolutely something struck me about the the way that you described the like the the feeling like the headspace of writing this song because like all those are extremely valid feelings and I, I know there's a lot of people out there that relate to exactly that and are probably at a very similar uh point in life but it also feels like it's kind of like the the best time in life where like i, I feel like they're like it, it's really great for the creative process <laughs> you're working through so much of this like what does it mean to to become an adult versus like leaving behind being a kid and like you're in that in between space and like there's the expectations of quote unquote adulthood and like what does that even mean uh, anymore for like uh, you know, younger generations that don't have the same uh, things to look forward to like the same the the same American dream so to speak uh, and so there's there's I think a, a lot of great life experience to write from in that too yeah and it's like you know when you when you live at your parents' house um, for a, a, a while, like, you know, at least, like, with me, like, the longer I stayed there, the more I felt like, you know, a child that I was kind of, like, regressing. And then, of course, you go on, like, social media and you see, like, you know, folks from college or, like, high school being like, 
just moved in with my boyfriend or my girlfriend and or yep. like uh these are my roommates and we have our home and it's great and you're just like um oh dang i really i really just want that uh, <laughs> so i uh, it but it does like if it, it does kind of make you feel uh like you do have to explore that space and figure out like well why am i still here like what's my plan and what does adulthood quote unquote look like for me exactly yeah the fun stuff. The the craziest part is there's this not necessarily a right answer. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, the hardest thing to kind of accept is like, you know, we we grow up having this image of like what being a responsible adult is. And then like as you get older and you meet people all around the world or like anywhere, it's like oh, okay, yeah, no, there's, like, more I can do. And, like, the possibilities yep. are, like, limitless, and I can literally become whoever I want. And, like, that's huge. I think the first step to that is, like, doing that kind of self-reflection, getting to know yourself first and what kind of person you want to be. And yes, all of that jazz. Exactly. We should probably talk about some more of your songs, huh? Oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want you to, know, we don't yeah, necessarily no, no, want I, to. I'm totally cool. <laughs> uh, so the next one on your list, I think, in, in sticking with the outdoorsy theme, was uh, Cicada. She dug her nails into the bulk of me.
Takeda uh, was written about like body imagery and you know like you see a cicada uh, like cicada shells on tree trunks and you're like wow a, a creature literally burst out of their skin <laughs> and just started screaming <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so perfect that's like, the dream that's- yeah it's like literally <laughs> oh that's all i want to do <laughs> okay so there's this Laura Stevenson song um where she gives her like depression and anxiety like a form and like a physical form and like uh, personifies it and I remember like reading that and being like really intrigued by that idea because usually I like write from very internalized part where I am like the one observer and uh with cicada I was like hmm let me turn that on its head a bit and (laughs) um I wanted to give, like, I wanted to give that, uh, these, like, body image issues that I've, like, always had, um, like, a, a, a form and a personality. So, like, the she that I'm talking about is, like, my mirror self that is, like, telling me, like, oh, you're, you're, like, the worst and you're always going to, like, be the worst and look the worst. And, like, um, like those kind of constant attacks where she's, like, digging her nails into me and, like, like kind of twisting it and just being, like, this is what you are. Um, and then, like, the other half of that is, like, getting really wrapped up in those feelings and then being, like, oh, how do I, like, talk about this without... Uh, without like sounding crazy or <laughs> like uh, yeah, or, th- or yeah, or like without seeming like I am just like doing this for attention, um, which is why like that part about like being on the stage is like very much how you feel. Where it's like okay, it's literally this is how I feel, and it's like a very vulnerable position to be in, and then. Uh, it's like, you know, you're talking at a wall, maybe an exposed brick wall. And, uh, like, it feels like you're talking at a wall, even if that's not really the case. And, um, you like, just have to like apologize a ton. It's like, you know, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, it's, I think one of the more personal songs on the album, um, cause it, it, I feel like it is outlining an entire thought process of like oh no how how do i perceive myself i, I like the way that you kind of outlined like your, your thought process and the, the way that you approach this song uh and uh new listener brand new to uh to your music is this something that you do fairly often like did when you write um like is that kind of a similar approach where you're really kind of digging deep into like your uh your thoughts and your, your emotions, your the, like kind of self vision, I guess, for lack of a better word and uh, trying to, to parse that out and process it and uh, put it, I guess introspective would be a really concise way to say that. Like do you tend to, to write in, in this kind of very introspective manner? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think when I usually write, it's coming from me kind of sitting within myself and doing that kind of, uh, processing um yeah because like 
uh, I don't know if you if y'all ha- can tell. I have a very difficult time talking to people. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, with Cicada, it felt like I needed to have a conversation with somebody else, mm-hmm. and like explain, like try to put this feeling of insecurity and body negativity to like words that somebody else would understand and kind of sympathize with. So like creating this uh, other, like this mirror version of me kind of gives this, uh, gives this feeling like uh, a face and makes it like, makes them like a very clear enemy and like a very visible enemy. Uh, So if I talk to anybody about it, it's like, Nope, look, there they are. Like, mm-hmm. you can see the shit that they're telling me. And uh, instead of, oh, no, this is a me thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, something that I need to work on. I find myself nodding a lot and then remembering that this is an audio medium. And that, <laughs> <laughs> it, it works really great for the, the visual cues of like mm-hmm. talking in the moment, but definitely doesn't translate uh, on the, the episode when like you're saying all these things and we're, we're nodding and agreeing like, yeah, yeah, totally get that, totally understand. And it just sounds like we're just like, <laughs> stone face. <laughs> it's like, uh, I have nothing to add. Oh, uh, shit. Well, I, I guess I'll just like keep opening myself up to you and see what happens. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. This is great. Before we go into the break, uh, I did want to talk about one more song. And the next one on your list is actually Untitled. That is a song um, directed towards a vi- like somebody in particular about is it me yeah kitsy i've been meaning to tell you i know this is the first time that we've met but i've got some issues uh you know what that's fair that's fair i got a lot of problems with you people (laughs) all right it's my time to talk about how bad you both are oh no i knew this day was coming (laughs) hashtag canceled um Uh, it was bound to happen one day (laughs) it was uh so untitled is uh, a song that i wrote about somebody in particular um where i had like recently cut ties with them um and was like feeling very good about that and then of course like you know you you cut ties with anybody and you you feel different like uh, surges every now of them of like, oh no, I actually miss them. Oh, and, and it's like when you're kind of dry heaving, you're like, oh no, I actually miss them. Ugh! Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of feeling. Um, so I kind of wrote Untitled uh, as a way for me to remind myself, no, 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 this was for a good, a good reason that you did this. Um, and uh, it's it's more like I have some lines from the actual letter I wrote them um, in the song. So fun game is to try to figure out which ones are from the letter. Um, no I, need. I won't say which ones, but I don't know, get your friends together. Uh, <laughs> Make a party game. Party game, you know, which lines are from Lily's sad letter and uh, which <laughs> ones are just from the song. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's another, like, more direct song uh especially because like i've written about this person several times before and i feel like this is like 
one of the last songs I ever like wrote about them and uh like kind of like making that promise to myself like okay that's it this is it with them never writing about them again like fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) uh one thing we haven't talked about much yet uh is the music on this record and the song has a a standout that i love uh and that is what I, i like to call the the snotty guitar lead (laughs) <laughs> that tone that like when you hear it, you know uh and it just I, I love that I, I don't have a ton to say about it other than I, I love it and I also love that uh you, you do another thing that we've uh commented on in the past of how it uh it kind of duets really well with your vocals on the track oh thank you yeah. thanks so much yeah we uh we got to play around with like a bunch of different pedals for this album, um, our producer is, uh, this guy, Tom Bourgeois, who is like the sickest guy has like a, like a, a veritable, like library of, of pedals. So we were like, Sounds yeah, like my kind of guy. Yeah. Yes. He rocks. Yes, it does. He rocks. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like it was really fun, especially for this song to like, try to figure out how to make it sound like angry and snotty. And yeah, like, I feel like this was the song where I was like, I want this song to sound like a, br- like the brattiest song on the album. <laughs> so Love I'm, it. I'm glad it came out. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely like, did. conveyed it perfectly. Uh, also noticed uh, Master by Alan, which is pretty cool. He's done a lot of stuff that I've listened to in the past. So yeah, Alan's yeah. great. I never know how to pronounce his last name, so I usually just don't touch it, but <laughs> <laughs> Alan D. Alan Duche. Alan D. That's what, like, is it Duche? <laughs> uh, but does good work, and uh, that also comes through on here. Thanks. Yeah, they're they're yeah. all, like, very good to work, very good to work with. Um, and we've been very lucky in that respect. So uh, it's nice to, like, find the production team that, like, works for you. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, stick with them because we have had issues in the past. <laughs> so <laughs> this is real nice. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I, I think uh, it, this album in particular really sounds great all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it sounds like y'all really nailed the the right production team for this one for sure. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and hear Untitled. We'll take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll talk to uh, Lily some more about some songs off of World's Strongest Dog. So stay tuned. I keep the message that I wrote to you As a reminder of what you put me through
Did you ever know that kid who was an insufferable know-it-all? Well, now he has a podcast. Join Michael Fight on Fight Knows About Everything. Every Monday and Wednesday, he brings a new trending internet topic and breaks it down to shed light on the absurdity. And then on Fridays, comes with a weekly recap of all the nonsense in the news. Listen wherever you get podcasts or watch on the Night Shift Radio YouTube channel. still listening to left of the dial i am still kitsy caleb is still unmistakable hi hi <laughs> still me still you unmistakably and caleb it's unmistakably uh, caleb you couldn't couldn't possibly mistake him for anyone else that hasn't happened yet well let's, let's keep that up uh and we are of course 
we are of course still talking to Lily from Longneck about uh, world's strongest dog uh, on the almost one year anniversary of this album coming out last year. Uh, not to not to make a joke of it, but uh, woof. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Please do make the joke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone had to, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> now I have to ask. Who is the good dog on this album cover? So that is Luca, who is the world's strongest dog. Um, not an official okay. title, but the title that we <laughs> gave him. Um, we were staying with a friend of mine uh, on our first winter tour, and uh, we were playing in uh, Charlottesville in Virginia. And um, mm. we we went to my friend's place and didn't realize that she lived in like a studio apartment not apartment, like a studio in the woods in like somebody's basement. Um, okay. And she had, she was like, oh, I've got this dog. Uh, he's super friendly. His name's Luca. And we were like, great, we love dogs. And Luca, God love him, was like the friendliest dog I've ever met, but it was like a hundred pound pit bull with like, <laughs> with like the, a tail that would leave bruises if it hit you because he just kept wagging it, but it was so mm-hmm. forceful. And she had to like, <laughs> leash him to she had to like leash him to like her bed because oh, he kept no. like he, like running around and like headbutting like love headbutting us but yes yeah yes. he'd like go around and headbutt us and would like just attack us with love and then the next morning um she was like oh yeah luca uh like a couple of weeks ago uh took down this deer and uh <laughs> <laughs> we were like huh? so so we went outside and we realized Luca was leading us somewhere. And we were like, oh, where, where are we going, boy? And he led us to the deer carcass. <laughs> and if He's you, very proud of it. If, if you look on the cover, you'll see the deer bones behind Luca. Uh, and that's. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's what we chose. Uh, Luke, that's our, our good boy, Luca. We love him dearly. Um, he's strong enough to take down a deer and like drag it up a hill and <laughs> disembowel it, baby. Wow. Good boy, Luca. Such yeah. a good boy. I miss Luca. That's that story is so much better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> One thing about Long Neck, we have great stories. So anytime you want a story, just let me know. Good to good know. Good to know. <laughs> Well, we heard coming back into this half of the podcast, the song Backseat. Is there a good story there? Uh, <laughs> well. No. No. <laughs> no. Next question. Uh, <laughs> next song. Um, so Backseat was inspired by a conversation we had um, on the way back from a gig late one night where we started talking about childhood traumas. Um, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's everyone's favorite topic. Exactly. and But, you know, like, there's something about, like, ha- playing in a band with your best friends and, like, having that level of comfort um, with each other <laughs> where you can, like, be open about things. And yeah, that kind of really strong camaraderie is something that um, I'm really proud of uh, with this band. Um, yeah, it's it's about, like that transitional period between like being a kid and being an adult, like realizing as a child that like the world is pretty bad and like filled with like scary things. Mm-hmm. And like the image that I put in the song that was like, I mean, in the backseat age four or five, like that was 
from a very specific memory where I was like in the back seat of my parents' car and like just realized that like people die. <laughs> and I was like, mm. I just remember sobbing and being like, I don't want to die. And, like, you know, being four or five years old. Um, and of <laughs> course, now that I'm older, I'm like, all right. When? Uh, <laughs> That's a really early age to be wrestling with mortality. It is. Yeah, I, I don't remember how it came about, but I do remember reacting to it. Um, but yeah, uh, and like the the backseat in general is about exploring like all these realizations that we have when we're kids of like when we die or like what kind of secrets do our parents keep from us and um what kind of things are like what kind of like family secrets are there things that are like buried down um and like how do those like things that are buried resurface when we're older um yeah it's it's a good fun lighthearted song uh <laughs> <laughs> good to like sit around chat with your kids and you know just bond <laughs> well i can see why you picked to talk about it on our lighthearted, uh good feeling uh happy time podcast here so you're welcome <laughs> yeah it's about childhood traumas and how they stick with you what's so dark about that we're holding nothing back this episode and i love it yeah, I'm here for it. Oh no, do people usually hold back? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't usually get this deep, so we don't know if they're holding back or not. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, this is perfect. Yeah. I love it. If there's one thing I'm known to do, it's put all of my cards on the table. So <laughs> eh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> like the the biggest thing that you know, we want people to know when they they join us, like you, know, we want you to have a chance to tell your stories, and you are you are nailing it. Yeah. You were telling the stories. I certainly am. Like I said, Long Neck has a lot of stories. Speaking of Long Neck stories, uh, and uh, forgive me if this is the most asked question ever, I don't know. Uh, as a lifelong Don Bluth fan, I have to ask, is it from Land Before Time? Yes, it is. Yes! Yes, it is. And guess what? I have a Don Bluth podcast. Yes! What? <laughs> called The Gospel Bluth. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I like to describe it as the worst thing I've ever done, but I have a great time with it. Last oh, I'm looking that up right now. Please like, subscribe. Um, we will following. definitely link that in the show notes. The last yes. episode we did was a troll in Central Park, which was the worst movie oh. I've ever seen. Oh my so god! Please yes. enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just made my night. Done. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Caleb, what would you know about bad movies, though? Uh, not much. Not much. <laughs> oh. The joke here, for, for those of you who don't know, is that Caleb has another podcast uh, where he talks about bad movies. Nice. I mean, sometimes they're good movies, but... Not a usually. Of, a lot of times they're bad, especially when Michael picks. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb what's your favorite Don Bluth movie? Uh, um, man. Secret of Nim. Mm-hmm. I think that was the the one that I watched the most as a kid, and it just like it really stuck with me the most. Um, if I were gonna to, to pick a second, I would jump way, way, way forward to Titan AE. That is one I haven't seen, and uh, I'm really looking forward to watching it. 
I saw that one in the theater back when the the local theater was still, a, I think it was still a Hoyts, not even a Regal yet, and they were still doing $5 Thursdays. Oh, uh, $5 <laughs> Thursdays. You know, some people have chosen Pandemic to, get, you know, get really good at their instruments and write more and all that. I chose to become an expert on Don Bluth, so. I love it. Actually, if, if I can uh, amend my answer slightly, and do an even deeper cut. My actual favorite Don Bluth movie is Disney's Robin Hood. <gasps> yes! Yes! Oh, that's such a good one. <laughs> yes, it is! You That comes up so much during, uh, during my podcast, I gotta say. <laughs> I cannot wait to listen to this. Oh, I'm very excited. Caleb, I feel like you need to be a guest on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to volunteer myself, but I will say yes. <laughs> I'll have my people contact your people. We'll work, we'll work out the deets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I, I look forward to that. <laughs> it's a cursed time. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of people, you know, pick the pandemic to get better at their instrument or like hone a skill or a craft. Like we, you know, we started a podcast network, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which you know, I'm still not sure if it was a good idea or not, but we're leaning into a- it. So. It hasn't been explicitly a bad idea yet. So. Fair, yes. And honestly, that's huge. Like, that's like, something to be proud of. Yeah. Uh, you haven't heard the rest of the podcast on the network yet. <laughs> I'll do some digging. I'm just kidding. They're, 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 most of them are good. Uh, Our flagship show is an absolute shit show, uh, and we're very proud of it. <laughs> I'm still not sure why they let us keep doing this, but no one stopped us yet, so... And honestly, as long as as long as nobody stopped you, that's every excuse to just keep going. Uh-huh. I mean, my theory has always been is if someone doesn't come back in time from the future to stop me, is what I'm doing really that bad of an idea? <laughs> yeah, like someone stepping through a wormhole and being like, you need to shut this down. The world depends on it. <laughs> Yeah, when that, when that happens, then I'll, I'll I'll reconsider my stance on on podcasting. But for now, I think it's fine. And like I know that there are variants of me from other timelines that are walking around this one, and none of them have made me stop yet. So like, they think it's a good idea, like, or at very least, they don't think it's a bad idea. <laughs> other versions of me aren't keen on stopping it. <laughs> That's again a good sign. Well, speaking of signs, uh, I think this is a sign that we need to talk about the next song. That Look at that segue. That was great. Ah, Solid. Every now and then I can, I can nail one. Uh, and the next song you picked was uh, MDP. There's a slow burn in behaviors unlearned. Softer, relentless, hard-earned patience, consistent work and over-awareness. I am afraid I've led others astray. Mimicry in motion, sincerity in name, bitter-tasting potion and outgrowing shame.
MDP stands for most delicate person. Oh, it's about me. Yep. Again, <laughs> again, Kitsy, I need to I need to just like confront you about every I, terrible thing I you've done to me. I appreciate how many songs about me are on this record, considering we've never met. That's very, that was very kind of you. Uh, and again, it's so great to finally meet you. Uh, yes. <laughs> After having been writing songs about me for years, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so great to meet your muse, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't ruin the magic. It, oh, no. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so most delicate person. Yes. So that phrase uh, is inspired by something uh, that a coworker like said to me once where I like came into work one morning, you know, something had happened to me on the way to work and it, like shook me up and my coworker was like, you know, you are the most delicate person that I know. I was like, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's true, but okay. <laughs> and then like, I, I feel like MDP is... One of those songs where the meaning of it changes, like, as you write it and, like, you don't realize it until it's finished. I had originally written it with the intention of, again, talking about, like, this very specific person and, like, having heard that, like, people thought that I was, like, making a big deal out of something. Or I was like, no, absolutely, like, fuck that. This is my shit to tell. Mm -hmm. And then... When I finished writing it and started working with it a bit more, I realized that the actual kind of meaning behind it was like more taking accountability for yourself and your actions and the things you say and how that is a part of like growing into the person that you want to be. I will say this, still not at fault for whatever happened. Um, That was not on me. Uh, Just thought I'd clear the air there. But um. (laughs) But, you know, like, you go through life, people make mistakes. The best that you can do is, like, learn from the things that you have done and use that as, like, a way to grow and learn. And, yeah, it's... And, like, not getting super sensitive when somebody says uh, that you did some shit to them. When I kind of realized what the song was about, I realized that, like... You know, I'm a very sensitive person. I'm a double cancer. Um, whatever that means. We need to get Andrea to explain that to us. <laughs> I, I just know that cancers are very sensitive and I'm a very sensitive person. You know, no one likes to be criticized. But if you're looking at it from a space, again, kind of outside of yourself and from like the other side of the conversation, I think it's easier for you to be like, oh, that is on me. And I'm going to be better about this instead of internalizing it and being like, oh, but actually you're just being really mean and I don't think that that's true. And like, bleh. like, you know, when someone says, I'm sorry, you feel that way instead yeah. of like, I did a thing and I'm sorry it hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of about the non-apology. <laughs> exactly. It's a song about a, a non-apology and how to do a real apology. There's a, a couple things that really, really stood out to me musically on this track, too. Uh, one, the uh, the bass line during that refrain that she said, you're the most delicate person I know, is so fucking good. So catchy. Our, our bassist, uh, uh, Alex Mercury, is such a fucking jammer. Like, he's so talented. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I I did notice a, a few parts uh, throughout this this record that stood out to me and the the bass playing and uh, I love that I'm a bassist myself so I, I I hear it I love it also in the kind of big rock and I guess maybe bridge part uh, you do what I like to lovingly refer to as dueling banjos yeah uh, with the the dueling guitar leads and it's so fucking good like, Thanks. The, the like completely different sounds coming from the guitars and like this really complimentary lines that just kind of weave through each other. Like so well done. Thank you. Yeah, we we really like wanted to experiment uh, with this song because like when we were practicing it, it felt so amorphous and like was one of those songs that we really I felt like had a, a tough time nailing down. Um, and of course, like, you know, when you hit those moments of like, oh, we got to do this, it like feels incredible. Mm-hmm. So like when we're working on a song, you know, we kind of go by like lyrical structure. So in between like, you know, those last lines and the last chorus, it, like where that dueling guitar part is, it was very much like, now what the fuck do we put here? <laughs> and how do we make it sound good? And, and you just went huge. We you know, we really were just like, well, might as well. I think it was like a practice where we kept jamming to like classic rock songs or like someone nice. came in listening to like, they were like, oh, I've been listening to Crazy Train a lot. And like, <laughs> nice. and here we are. <laughs> I'm glad that y'all got on the Crazy Train for this one because it, uh, it worked out. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. So we've got one more song to talk about, and that is Bad Words. Uh, it's about cussing and uh, saying oh, all, the, yeah. all the words that would get you grounded as a as a kid. Um, <laughs> ass, damn, hell, fuck, frick. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about that. No, it's about, like, having difficult conversations and but mostly it's like when you have like strong feelings for somebody you feel like everything they say to you is like weighted and like you just feel like everything they say to me like means something like Mm -hmm. those first lines you said something you shouldn't have because i feel spoiled by kindness where it's like oh no you were nice to me Mm -hmm. how like what the now i am like head over heels where it's like again when the bar is so low (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh someone was nice to me that's the first sign of the of the thing also at the same time being really self-deprecating about it because like well i can have these feelings for somebody but it's unrequited because i i'm not living up to my potential so like maybe if i clean up my act someone will finally love me back but right now it's like it feels terrible because i'm not a real person right now essentially and this was like a really fun one to do in the studio because we had nine songs that were like definite we're putting this on the album and then we were like ah but we want to make it like a solid 10 so they were like all right lily what you got (laughs) so i was like okay (laughs) i brought two songs to the floor and as soon as i played them uh bad words they were like yeah no that's the one we're gonna do it so we kind of like flushed it out in the studio we had never practiced it Uh, as a band before then so that was like one of the i think one of the coolest studio experiences i had where it was literally just like 
a round table of all of us being like, okay, let's figure this song out. How do we feel about pre-programmed drum beats? And like, let's experiment with this drum sound. And like, it felt like a laboratory. It's one of the songs I'm most proud of on the album because it sounds so different than like anything else we've done. And I really hope that we can like keep doing stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I, I love hearing about the the process and when things just just click and just feel right. Yeah, those are always the best. It was very cool. I felt very lucky at that moment to be like surrounded by folks who were in like similar headspaces and like creatively and like uh, were willing to just like fuck with it as many times as possible to make it right. It was it was great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. With this crowd, you can always get a hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it if everyone would leave a, uh, a review and a comment that just said hell yeah for this yeah. Uh, yes. podcast. I would I yes. would also love that. So you heard it here first, folks. Uh, five stars and a hell yeah. Do it up. Yeah. That'll 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 uh, be the best way you can help us out by just just doing that. Uh, and then, of course, you can also head over to leftofthedial.live, where on April 24th, we will yes. be streaming a live session with Long Neck that we're very excited for. Yes, we uh, are. So don't miss that. That is, once again, at leftofthedial.live. Uh, World's Strongest Dog, of course, has been out for just about a year now. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, you most certainly <laughs> should. Uh, it looks like there's vinyl available on Bandcamp. There so that's is. a uh, that's a fantastic way to support the band. Uh, check that out for sure. We'll obviously have that link uh, in the show notes. And Lee, is there anything else you want to plug before we uh, get on out of here? Well, I already told you about my Don Bluth podcast, The Gospel Bluth. Um, the worst thing I've ever done. Please listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you've got, uh, we, I have some episodes with some uh, uh, members of Long Neck. So if you want to hear... Me and my best friend uh, slash long neck drummer John Ambrosio talk about Land Before Time. That's episode three. If you want to hear, do hear that. Oh, it's very <laughs> fun. And if you want to hear our uh, our bassman extraordinaire, good pal Alex Mercury talk about uh, Rockadoodle, episode five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would just like to again um, shout out, uh, plug the record, and. Um, uh, oh, I run a live series every Friday, live stream series called Around the Campfire, where we have artists come on uh, every week uh, to play music, read poetry, whatever they'd like. So you can go to aroundthecampfire.online to check out our schedule. It's every Friday at 7 p.m. EST. And uh, I would just like to plug my friendship uh, with my bandmates. Um, so John Ambrosio, Alex Mercury, uh, Kevin Kim, who played on World's Strongest Dog, and our current guitar player, um, Ev Pacheco. I love you all <laughs> very, very much. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lily, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute delight, and we are very much looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks in the studio for Left of the Dial Live. Oh my gosh, I had such a wonderful time. Thank you for having me and for letting me blab on about... Um, all the fun topics that <laughs> inspired me to write these lighthearted songs. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Yes, thank you.
All right. This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>